0: Welcome to Hospitality Meets, with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Liam Jones, founder and CEO of Foursquare Group, a hospitality consultancy based out of Liverpool. Coming up on today's show... Liam finds himself on the wrong show. You've got to keep a conversation going for an hour, and you've got to ask, you
1: know, smartish questions.
0: Phil delivers some high praise indeed. That might be the most original thing that anybody has said on this show. And Liam delivers the perfect story setup. up. How this next bit happened, I have no idea. All that and so much more as Liam talks us through his story and journey to date. Liam's story is a great example of following your passion and is another showing of the variety of opportunity within hospitality. Our chat is rammed full of business wisdom as Liam talks with great intelligence around subjects such as leadership and authenticity. And sometimes Phil chips in too. It's a chat not to be missed. If you're enjoying the shows, we'd love for you to give us a like and a share across your favourite social channels. And don't forget to leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. Let's share the positive journeys of the people from this wonderful industry. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today we're chatting to someone who, on the face of it, has come to the hospitality party a little bit later than normal. But it doesn't really matter when you get here as long as you enjoy it when you do. So I'm delighted to welcome the founder of Foursquare Group, who are based out of Liverpool, Liam Jones. Hi
1: Phil, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. No problem at all. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay, thank you. I love that intro. That's brilliant. That I certainly am enjoying it. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, well, you certainly come across that way as well. I mean, uh, we've we've had a, a couple of conversations in the run up to this. Uh, you very kindly invited me on to to your show as well to to chew the fat over staffing mm-hmm. and yeah you you can tell that you're you're kind of exactly where you need to be right now yeah
1: no it's 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 good fun isn't it I mean working in hospitality is keeps you on your toes doesn't it to say the least you know it's very Not challenging off, yeah. <laughs> no no two days are the same are they but it's um it, it really is it really is good fun I, I'm really enjoying it as you say I only kind of came into the industry I suppose sort of formally or oh. I guess two and a half years ago when we actually launched the business but you know right. I've, I've been sort of buzzing around the industry and very sort of interested in the industry um you know for all my life really i've had friends who have you, you know entered the industry at various different levels and things like that so i feel like i've kind of been involved much much longer than that really
0: yeah so where are you based today I'm
1: at home today. Well, for for the morning anyway. We're recording in the morning and I'm I'm out seeing some clients this afternoon over in Chester.
0: Got you. Yeah. And your your patch in terms of what you you look after, you're you're in the, the Merseyside and Surround area? We
1: are at the moment. Yeah. So since we launched sort of two and a half years ago, which just seems like a decade ago with everything that's happened in between, we've pretty much you know, solely focused on the LCR, really, so the the Merseyside region. And I would include sort of the the Wirral and sort of around uh, Lancashire and and that type of area in that. And then we've recently just started um, testing the waters in Manchester, in Chester. And I was saying to you just before we uh, started recording that, you know, this is all kind of gearing up to a more broader, more formal launch for us, which is hopefully, fingers crossed, happening in September, October time.
0: Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll come into that uh, in a, a lot more depth uh, down the line of the conversation. But before we kind of get there, the big question on on my lips, and this kind of affects everything going forward, are you red or blue?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm a red.
0: Good lads, right, we crack <laughs> on. <laughs> it's okay, a good podcast now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, I can relax. Um, yeah, so, well, actually, hot off the press, obviously, this week as well, we we learnt that uh, Liverpool was going to lose its its World Heritage status. Yeah, what are you? This is not normally an opinion piece, but I don't normally get such a fortuitous moment in time to have somebody from the part of the world where there's a headline in mm. uh, that's not COVID related. Yeah. What's What's your take? What's What's your your thoughts on that? Uh, mixed feelings, to be honest with you. Um, it's obviously
1: disappointing news. It's obviously something which you know the city would have liked to have kept because. It is quite sort of a prestigious label, if you like, um, yeah. to be up there with with the rest of the the you know the areas you've got. That in terms of what it actually brought, so, so the net impact to to the city, you know, it, it, many many different organisations and people have tried to sort of quantify that, and it's it's very very difficult to be honest with you. It's um, obviously tourism both domestic and internationally is huge for the region. It's it's a, yeah. it's a tourist area. Um, no doubt UNESCO will have contributed to that in some, some way, I would say particularly on the, on the international side, but to counter that, you know, there is a lot of evidence to say that, you know, the, the, the net impact of UNESCO is negligible or even, you know, negative in some ways, because it, it has right. sort of stopped a lot of projects. Um. A lot of investment coming into the city over the last sort of ten years or so, at a time when the city has been really strong in actually attracting investment. Yeah. So you know, speaking to a lot, I spoke to a lot of the, of the uh, city's leaders over the last couple of months on it as part of another role which which I have within the city, and very mixed opinions across the board. A lot of people, well, I would say everyone's disappointed by the decision because I think first and foremost we felt we feel it's unfair, definitely. It definitely should have been kept. You know, the the state that the the um the UNESCO heritage area is in now compared to when we actually got it in two thousand and four is much, much improved. So how you can take it away when it's be actually been, you know, it's better. It's better and it's been conserved in such a great way is, is baffling. But a lot of people are not concerned because we feel like we've got an opportunity now to actually you know, with the shackles off, improve the city in a much more sort of liberal way.
0: Yeah, I I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? It's it, it's going to be it's part of the city's evolution. Yes, uh, it's gotten you to this point, but perhaps now it's it, it's time to kick on and and uh, you know maybe that does in a weird way free up uh, uh you know a, a wider plan.
1: Definitely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, listen, it it's sad, you know, it's disappointing, but. I think the overriding emotion is optimism and you know a lot of a lot of yeah a lot of optimism for the future I would say.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Okay well we'll, we'll park we'll park political uh, <laughs> conversations right there and I apologize to anybody who's listening who normally is tuning in for stories and things like that because um we're we're not normally a political podcast but there we are we're evolving too. So take us all the way back then to the beginning of your your career, because obviously, as discussed, you're you're late late to the party formerly, but uh, obviously it was playing a a part throughout your life. Talk us through your career. How did you kind of get started and and how did you talk us through the, the journey to this point?
1: Sure. Yeah, no problem. Well, I mean, I come from a corporate background, really when I left, you know, college or sixth form in oof, sort of in 2000, 2004, two thousand two thousand and four, I think it was. I went. I almost went straight into a, a corporate graduate job, really, for an international company called Juson, which is a builders' merchants. Oh God, yeah.
0: Um, I seem to remember adverts from the nineties. Yeah, That, that juice, adverts. Yeah. that just popped into my head. But... The, the Juson lot, I think it was the
1: tagline at the time. Right. Yeah. But I mean, they're owned by a company called Sankaban, which is a multi, multi-billion pound company. And I spent two years with them on a management trainee program, and which basically sort of saw me and a group of 12 others about my age, sort of traveling all around the country, learning broadly about business and management. So, you know, how to manage people, management styles, P&Ls, balance sheets, all that type of thing. Yeah. Most of the time, we just got drunk, if I'm being honest with you.
0: That's that's, uh, part of early career, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah,
1: at that age, you know. So that was sort of eighteen to twenty years old, I guess. And then after that, I spent uh, sort of my sort of the first part of my twenties with them. Really, Uh, I was assistant manager, kind of like a cover cover duty manager for the area as well, which was great for me. It was, I learned a lot. It, it, It was brilliant, you know. But I just kind of got a little bit, a little bit a little bit bored my role was a little bit stagnant I wanted to kind of you know try different things um it was a little bit everything was a little bit easy it was all handed on a plate to you now how this next bit happened I have no idea but I found myself working in health (laughs) it's a good setup that (laughs) honestly. I found myself working in health and safety as part of my next goal and I got a job at an independent uh, construction training company so it was it it was kind of a sideways step, really. So I had a lot of construction contacts and then I moved into this construction company where I then obviously started providing construction training for, for those contacts. I did that for a few years and then um, sort of about around sort of, the age of 26, 27, uh, I sort of took a bit of an interest in health and safety and then um, moved, sort of studying health and safety and then moved it more broadly into a, a classical health and safety position, if you like, you know, right. risk assessments and things like that for uh construction companies and then i got involved with my first business venture when i was i think i was 28 and I became sort of a, a partner in a, a quite a classical health and safety company really so we, we dealt with engineering and construction companies so that was classically thought of high risk areas providing consultancy and it, it was great i learned a lot it was my first sort of directorship it was my first uh, business real sort of you know being in the top chair type type of opportunity
0: yeah quite uh, young as well
1: um, yeah it, it was quite young yeah and and i learned a lot you know i made a lot of mistakes uh i certainly yeah. you know i like to like think about some things right but it was a big learning curve for me and i did that for, the, for two and a half years and then we the business uh, sort of received an opportunity to merge with a sort of a competitor so we we did that, and I sort of took my exit as part of that, and that was in sort of the middle of two thousand and eighteen. It was right, and I'd sort of been planning. So I, I I've always been in love with hospitality, as I said, and you know I've had sort of friends who started businesses and things like that, and I'd say for about two thousand and fifteen to about two thousand and eighteen, I was having con- sort of speaking with with people uh, who ran independent businesses and. I was hearing about their challenges, and you know, over a coffee, they would say, "Oh, we struggle with this," so we struggle with this So, you know, yeah. I was just thinking to myself, if I compare this against sort my corporate background, it's, I just couldn't believe how many hats they actually wore. You know, I I would say things like, "Well, oh, can't you just ring your HR advisor?" And, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I that that's me. <laughs> so I I struggled to kind of get my head around that. You know, I always had someone on the end of the phone who would kind of sort of help me with all these things, and then so I, I i thought i i want to help here i want to kind of do something to help the industry here so i was sort of planning sort of at a, a home and just kind of thought thought exercises of, of of what foursquare is now really where it's a it's a business which helps independent hospitality so i've been planning it for quite a long time and when i left my when i exited my, my last sort of business in 2000 and middle of 2018 i had kind of six months off started planning foursquare and then we, we kind of launched and started trading in the middle of 2019, yeah. So sort of June, July 2019, we started. That kind of brings us up to where we are. That's a bit of, yeah. a, bit of, a, bit of a summary.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and then uh, obviously nothing happens six months into you uh, starting a business. The, but I suppose with the uh, arrival of a, a pandemic and and everyone kind of thinking about the fact that actually I'm going to take a little bit more Care in in my kind of own safety, then actually bringing that into an independent business is probably I would imagine meant that you would have gotten quite busy. We were busy, yeah.
1: To be honest with you, we we had a great start. So I I should say we started with health and safety. So well compliant safety more broadly. So we started Mm -hmm. with food safety, fire safety, and health and safety. That's kind of the products which we which we offered. It solved those challenges, and it was obviously a natural start because I had a you know good understanding of what, of what, of what that was like. Um, you know, I could understand regulations and things like that. But also it's, it's obviously a very, very high, highly regulated area for an independent hospitality business. They, they see the value in it. You know, everyone wants a five from the food hygiene rating uh, inspection. So we started with that, but our intention has always been to help as many challenges as we possibly can with, with our offering basically, you know, so, We've always wanted to go into HR, data protection, licensing. We, we want to help our clients grow, etc. And I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to that later in the podcast. But we actually had a really good start. So from from July to July 2019 until COVID hit in March 2020, we we, we were growing and, and taking on clients at a nice, manageable pace. You know, it, I think we had about 29 businesses who were paying us recurring revenue. By the time sort of the pandemic hit, hmm. and it was all just word of mouth referrals, you know. So it was actually best, going quite best well. marketing ever, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually going quite well to be honest with you. And then obviously the world just stopped,
0: then didn't it? <laughs> Yeah, but you didn't stop. And in fact, you know, it probably took us a while through that process to to get connected. And we got connected, I think, through Louise Kassack, a friend of the show, uh, and who's been on before as well. But it certainly didn't feel like from the time that I've known you that you've been sat on your hands waiting for the world to wake up. You've been out there kind of spreading the good word and, you know, having really good conversations with people and, you know, just, just getting on with it, really, rather than waiting for something to happen. Mm,
1: yeah, exactly. Well, you are, you are right. We, we took a couple of months off, to be honest with you, or we, or we at least sat back and watched what, the world, what was
0: happening with the, with the world sort of throughout April and May, I would say. I think you kind of had to, though, didn't you? Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. at, at that time, it was, it was such a culture shock yeah. to everyone, to anyone that runs a business anywhere you know, there was just so many, God, what, what is this? What, yeah. you know, nobody has taught me how to deal with this. You've just got to kind of learn as you go. So actually taking the uh, a step back for a, a moment in time, just to kind of look at where things are in reality is actually sounds like a eminently sensible thing to do.
1: Yeah. And just finding out what, what is it, what are we actually dealing with? Better, yeah. You know, so, so we, we, we kind of, Sat and watched, as I say, and tried to do as much research as we, as we possibly could in April and May. We always knew we wanted to help because obviously it was affecting our client base, but it, it was a safety issue. So it was kind of within our wheelhouse. So we, after a lot of lot of work behind the scenes, we, we launched what we called the COVID safe scheme from June. So it was basically uh, geared up for the, the 4th of July, that first sort of release data, if you remember last year from the the first lockdown yeah and we it was basically a, a structure where we helped uh, independent businesses to manage the the new regulations so we helped them carry out COVID-19 risk assessments decide on control measures train their staff on sort of you know the best the best way to monitor them and all that type of thing and then we went mm-hmm. out afterwards physically and carried out sort of independent audits to make sure what was actually happening on the risk assessment was happening in person and you know, we put we went out. and We put window stickers on um, all the successful venues. Uh, we did a lot of sort of promotional activity where we sort of showcased them on social media. Did a lot of press activity where we tried to get a lot of the successful venues into the into the into the local press and everything like that. And it was great. Honestly, I'm really proud of the work that we did last year. We we I think we ended up putting sort of window stickers on about 160 venues across sort of the Liverpool city region. So. All right. It, it uh although we, don't get me wrong Phil we didn't make a financial killing from it because there was there was no money in the system yeah of but, course you know the work that we actually did um, I, I honestly I'm really proud that we managed to make such a contribution last year
0: but i i think that that's if you, if the focus is always about money then you know the it breaks down at some point down the the chain you've done something there which doesn't really you can't really put a value on in terms of the goodwill that that's now created, hmm. because you are you know at the end of the day you you clearly have an ethos of yes, okay, we're a business and we're here and we have to you know make money to survive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's it's about what we're doing to add value and make a difference to the industry around us.
1: Yes, exactly, and it, it was a good opportunity for us to reinforce our cause as well, because you know we we popped up in the middle of two thousand and nineteen. Same. we're all about independent business we love independent business you know we, we do it we we do everything we can to help you and although that's a great message you, you, you know it do, time is the sort of the best indicator isn't it so you know people people are not going to believe that sort of message straight away so mm. the the pandemic provided us with a great opportunity to just solidify that and actually you know prove to people that you know we will sacrifice profit here in order to do our bit in you know and help out the industry, and I think that helped certainly locally to to as I say solidify and actually evidence what what we were saying. You know, we are for industry.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going back to the kind of the beginnings of of the company. Where did the name come from? <laughs> do you know what I thought? Loads of people would ask me that, and
1: hardly anyone. Ever Nobody has. <laughs> So, but I found it—it it is the most difficult thing I think yeah. about starting a business definitely oh it's difficult and we've been through it again we, I'll, I will answer that we've been through it again sort of recently because we're, we're repackaging our uh our main product our, our safety product if you like and mm. for a nationwide launch as I said and we've we, we've renamed it and it, we so we've been through that same renaming process again over the last few weeks and if I hadn't I've got such an amazing team behind me. I honestly would have pulled my hair out. It's 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 such a oh it, you can get into the weeds, can't you? With it, you really can. Yeah, yeah. So to answer the question, foursquare is is one word. Actually, so most, a lot of people think it's it's two words, but um, it's one word. So in the dictionary, it, I think that the definition is to to stand solidly behind something. So you could say sort of, I like okay. four, four squarely believe in what you've just said, for example. Right, got you. So we our tagline is in your corner so if you look at the two sort of two of them together four square in your corner kind of means we're solidly in your corner in your
0: yes. corner that's yeah i like that that's yeah. very good yeah i'm surprised more people haven't asked you about that <laughs> i know so mate to be honest with you but uh there we are we're putting it out into the public domain so I'll just <laughs> just direct everybody to this podcast to listen to it please <laughs> but i i think i i mean we talked about evolution earlier on around the the need for uh, you know it's all part of liverpool's evolution uh, with the the world heritage status et cetera. and you're now obviously evolving your offer as well i mean i think it's it's a necessary part of business isn't it to to continually evolve especially mm-hmm. i think in hospitality yeah
1: yeah definitely and especially right now as well because everybody's um, much more used to the, the, a fast pace of change um much I think people are much more comfortable with change now as well obviously there's that old sort of saying of change scares people and it's definitely true for some people mm. or a lot of people but I think the world is becoming much more comfortable with change so you know if you're not moving forward then you're moving backwards aren't you i think
0: yeah absolutely and the um actually I'm, I'm going to come back to an earlier comment you men- mentioned as well about you kind of it's almost like you woke up one day and you were in health and safety because i i, I think in business there, there's a perception of health and safety that it's it's not an especially glamorous part of the business mm. but it's bloody essential mm. and i think the, um, the 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 i suppose what you do by adding value in in that initial offer that you had is is that if you're a a, a passionate foodie who comes up with a new food concepts that you've just seen might take the market by storm you're not necessarily going to have well you're not going to have expertise in the other areas of business that you need beyond your passion now your passion might help you get some knowledge in these areas but in terms of being compliant and making sure that you do get that five star stamp uh, on on hygiene etc then you know i'd say that your kind of your initial niche was so essential to mm. a lot of businesses
1: yeah and and something which we identified really early on was the fact that not a lot of systems well in fact no other systems really as far as we can we can tell are specifically built for independent businesses so, you know if you there's obviously lots of different types of independent business but if you think about somebody who's sort of you know maybe setting up their dream coffee shop or something along those lines and they just want a really you know simple way of of doing it, uh, managing so so let me go back a step. A really simple way of understanding what needs to be done, and then just carrying out on a daily basis, and getting engagement from their staff as well. That's mm. kind of the challenge, which we think is the most important for us, and what we have really tried to tackle. Because there are there are loads of uh, food safety and health and safety options on the market for for hospitality business. So how we wanted to kind of think well, how can we make it so that ours is, you know really specific and really sort of engaging so at the moment we use a a paper-based diary for our clients so it's a bespoke compliance diary basically which is like a blueprint for the perfect day perfect week perfect month for our clients and it's got all the compliance things that they need and everything from temperature checks to you know fire alarm tests at the end of the week for example but then we also yeah. you know we're thinking hard about how can we kind of make Engagement, you know, as high as possible. So, we spend a lot of time with our clients putting in their bespoke uh, operational uh, activities. So, you know, end of shift tasks or staff rotors or stock control or whatever it is. So, this this thing which they're using, you know, becomes their bible. They become really attached to it. You know, they really see the value. Of it. They want to pick it up. You know, health and safety works best when. It's integ- it's sort of integrated into the rest of your business. Yeah, it doesn't become sort of an extra chore. So we we've done that, and you know, the the product is great. You know, we've worked hard on it. It it feels really professional. It's completely branded up to the to the to the individual business. So it's got a nice illustration of their venue on the front. It's got their logos and colours on and everything. It's got illustrations mm-hmm. inside and stuff. And when the GM receives it in the post every quarter. They they act, they feel really proud of it because they've contributed to it and they have yeah. sort of had their little little say in the in the business and you know I think that that's kind of our big differentiator with this particular product.
0: Yeah, I, well, making it uh, you know I was going to say fun, but I, you know, fun to a point. At the end of the day, it's uh, it's just it is as discussed. It's a necessary part of your business, right? hmm Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you're evolving. You've got new things coming, what's, what does the future hold in that respect? Yeah, so it's really exciting time for
1: us. So we, you know, we, we have, as you said, we haven't set, sat on our hands. We've spent the last 12 months deciding what type of business we want to be, what our appetite for growth is, you know, wh- how far do we want to go? How many challenges do we want to tackle? And we've decided all of them. Yeah. <laughs> all of the challenges. <laughs> so we, we've, we've repackaged our um, compliance product. Which is going to be sort of sold as a separate, as a standalone product, if you like. Uh, yeah. but from September, uh, I can, I can release a an exclusive for you here, Phil. If you want me oh, to. Oh wow!
0: God, I'm almost like a, a journalist <laughs> now. I'm getting exclusives left, right, and center.
1: Yeah. So, so that product is going to be called Pillar, P-I-L-L-A. P-I-L-L-A so we're just kind of going through the final throes of, of of building the web, finishing the website and the marketing and everything like that and then that that'll kind of be sold separately but we've got some great ideas for for how we can help businesses uh grow as well so you, you know i probably can't say too much on them i'll probably get shot from my colleagues if i drop any, yeah. any bombs on those but you oh, know go on go on no i can't <laughs> <laughs> if you think about the 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 life cycle of a hospitality business you know you've got you know, somebody has an idea that sat on a couch watching Carnation Street on a Monday. You know, what if I could make donuts? And it was, you know, the best donuts in the world because of X. And then at the weekend, they start testing in the kitchen and, you know, they're working, trying to work out exactly, you know, what should go in the donuts and, you know, so the concept testing. And then they find something that works, they try and sell them on social media. That works. So then they're looking for the first site, you know. So then they're kind of in the the ballpark of trying to find bricks and mortar rental agreements, all that type of stuff. Then they're trying yeah. to make that profitable. How the hell do I make a bricks and mortar site profitable? Then they start looking for the second site. Now I need to systemize. Now I've got problems with managing staff, and I'm not going to be there all the time, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Then we've got sustainability. You know, now I've got two or three sites. How do I make sure it's sustainable? And then you know, I suppose the last last thing is sort of you know I've got maybe five six sites do what's my exit do I want to exit all that type of thing so yeah we we've got ideas in the pipeline for for all of them really so kind of like everything from helping people decide on their original idea and concept to testing it to understanding you know how you might market that market that on social media to then choosing your, your site like what goes into choosing the site um and then how to actually run a a profitable business and think about exit. We we've we've got ideas for all of that, which is which is exciting. It's not going to be a fast process, and it shouldn't be, but uh, no, but it's exciting.
0: Yeah, it it sounds it. I mean, it, and also from your perspective, you know, you, you're taking your passion in being able to kind of help people, but also you have, as you say, you've analysed kind of every area of the uh, the business and go where would uh, an independent who's coming into this fairly fresh need that extra support yeah and that that can come in many many forms i guess some people will want every single thing that you offer some people will only need bits here and bits there i suppose
1: exactly that yeah you know if you think of some of the if you take if you take two separate people who who are moving into hospitality later in their career they will have come from different backgrounds and they'll have different skills so they'll have different things to bring to a new business so they they will want to pick and choose that you know some of them might want business coaching, some of them you know actually they they might may, may have in a business coach in a in a previous career. So actually all they yeah. need is you know understanding how to to build a menu or some or something like that. You know it's we're all different, aren't we? And I thought I thought, I think we're we're keen to make sure that whatever we produce doesn't put people in in sort of in boxes. Really, it allows them to to kind of you know get what they need, but also I guess, work to the strengths of, of of that of that individual as well.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's that's the thing you point. You kind of highlighted this at the beginning of the the chat around the fact that uh, an entrepreneurial person will go into a, a business and be wearing every single hat of mm-hmm. that business, but actually the chances of them having uh, strength in every area of the business is pretty much next to nothing. Mm. Um, you know, every one of us has. A strength that is you know absolutely a fundamental strength and everything else we're just trying to play catch up which is energy zapping ultimately Mm. and takes away from your ability to actually tap into your strength and so by offering a kind of a a support suite to you know tap into these other strengths that other people have then actually you create a a much more sustainable business i think absolutely i
1: couldn't agree more and listen we We've done exactly the same thing you know we we've realized over the last twelve months that there are skills gaps if we if we want to do this and be as ambitious as we want to be then there are skills gaps within our organization so you know we've went away and, and recruited heavily over the last six to nine months we brought we brought probably i would say just under ten people into the business we brought on three uh non non-exec directors with different skills, one of whom being louise who you you mentioned earlier on the podcast yeah because you it, business is a team game you know it's it, it definitely a team sport you can't do everything on your own nobody knows everything and yeah so you, you need to work you need to work with people who, who you can work with i think that's important people who you can actually work with on a personal level but people who've got complementary skills to you
0: yeah absolutely i think what's interesting about your your journey as well is that obviously you didn't start in in hospitality but you know, you were in leadership positions, and you've you've just transferred that leadership capability, I guess, into a, a different sector. But actually, the bones of the of leadership remain the same in in kind of whichever sector you're in.
1: Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that definitely. Yeah, obviously, there's there's nuances and op- operational things change and all that type of thing. But I think, yeah. I think you are right. I think you know, well, I think I think the first thing to say is being a leader is a is a is a career isn't it I think I don't think it's often it's often thought of as a career itself when I think I think it is. I think I think you know if you were to ask me what I what my career is I would say I'm I'm a leader I think that's what I was taught to be and I think a lot of people think you know being a being a a leader is a bolt-on to something else yeah and and that's not the way I see it at all to be honest with you I think you know if you think about People who work their way up within within all sorts of organisations. You know, I think we see it time and time again, the same mistake of, you know, somebody's good at a job, a task, an activity. And then before they know it, they're in a management position. Yeah. They've had no training. They, they they do not know how to lead people. They've 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 no idea how, how to, to do any of that. And it just seen as a bolt on to because they were they were good at the task. And I think we need to start separating it, it, it more into, into its own skill set, I think.
0: Yeah, that's, um, that might be the most original thing that anybody has said on this show. <laughs> and I completely agree with you because I'd, I'd never actually thought about it that way uh, as well. You're, you're absolutely right. The vast majority of people wake up one day and they're in a leadership position and think, how the hell did I get here? Mm-hmm. And now, now what do I do? In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a chat with a guy who'd written a book on the surprise restaurant manager uh, was the, type, uh, the title of the book, and it was exactly based around that concept of, you know, you you start out as a waiter or whatever, and you work your way through the the ranks, and you end up one day because you were good at your job, you're you're all of a sudden you're given the keys, and you know off you go, mm-hmm. type thing, but the vast majority that. That jump from supervising people into leading people is a massive jump uh you mm-hmm. know it's It's like going from studying at school to to studying a doctorate you know at university it's uh, the leap in discipline is is huge, and we don't actually prepare people for that very mm-hmm. well. I think generally as a society, I don't think that's a hospitality thing I think you' you're right people are just kind of well they are great at their job so they'll make a great leader. Well, yes, they might, but they're they're going to need help to get there.
1: Mm, yeah, definitely. Oh no, no, it's definitely not a hospitality thing. It's a, it's a, it's, it's right across the you know all industries, hundred percent. Um, it's it's a culture change that that we need to kind of work towards. I think the larger organisations understand it more. I would say because yeah. you know, obviously, I started within a larger organisation, and obviously, that's kind of. What I was brought in to do was to to, to, to learn how to be a, a leader. So they understand it more, but they've got the the, um, the privilege of, you know, the 100-year history, all the resource that comes, comes yeah. behind that and everything else, you know. So I guess a, a passion of mine would be at some point to kind of bring that culture and idea, you know, filter that down into small independent organisations somehow.
0: Yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, there's been a lot written about the fact that actually – good leadership can can save so many things in mm. a in a business in a sector you know in government you know it, it, it has such a power that we probably can't even put a, a number on uh, what it brings but mm. I mean just think about a simple concept that we've probably all worked for people that that we didn't classify as good leaders mm. and actually what that does to the business is is it zaps performance as opposed to uh inspiring performance mm, yeah
1: definitely and
0: and nobody's
1: the finished article either i think it's it's absolutely okay to 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 admit that you're not the finished article and going back to what we were talking about five minutes yeah. ago, you know you need you need multiple leaders within a business who can who can take charge of different parts of the business and lead on different things you know there's 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 not one or there's not one ultimate leader and then sort of you know everyone else Everyone else, you know, doesn't have an opportunity to lead. It's, it's, it's more nuanced than that. It is more great than that there's there's opportunities to take small leadership positions, you know, before you take, you know, one big leadership position. I think that's that's a route which is not often very very much explored.
0: Mm. Do you think that you you were kind of always did you know in your mind of minds that um that you were destined for leadership, or do you think it's something that that you kind of that you come to that some you know, all of a sudden you think hmm actually I you know I need to be focusing on on that
1: um not before I took that job when I was when I was young I, I don't know I didn't know still out I, getting pissed
0: yeah I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know what <laughs> I
1: wanted to do to be honest with you I, I didn't go to university I was always interested in business so I, I did a, a GCSE in business and was always very interested in how businesses work and everything like that I didn't know what type of business I wanted to work in or be in or be involved with I just saw saw that opportunity in the in the paper I think well my mum saw it in the paper I think back 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 then and said you know this looks like a good with opportunity and I thought yeah it sounds sounds great to me pay was good for my age so I just I just went on that journey really and mm. it did it did not take me long in, within sort of that two-year program to to understand that to the leadership is what I wanted to to do but it was it was being rammed down my throat in 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 that program that that was what the whole thing was about so if it it didn't take to it I I don't think you would I would have completed the program
0: yeah no it's interesting I mean I I I could talk about leadership all day and um (laughs) I, uh, I had somebody else on the show once we started talking about Jurgen Klopp when we we're talking about leaders mm. as, as you're a red you'll uh, appreciate this um, I'm switching off half of Liverpool as we discuss this <laughs> but you know, Klopp's a shining example of leadership through energy right I mean you know, you just feel not that we can ever get full access to a training session or know what goes on fully behind the scenes or or anything like that but you just get the feeling that his team would run through a brick wall for him. Yeah, definitely. He's a he's got a very uh, unique leadership style, hasn't he? You know, he's that's probably what makes it authentic, though, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's 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 you know, he. I think he even says, you know, when people ask him what's your secret, and he says, "I I don't have a secret. I, this mm. is just me. This is me. I can't I can't be anything else."
1: Def- no, definitely. You 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 are you are totally right, and I think authenticity is a big part of you know leadership and work in general but certainly leadership because you are right people will see through it I think people will follow you much uh, much more enthusiastically if, if they think that you know what you're doing and saying is, is, is genuine and you know you're passionate about and you actually care about it um, yeah so I think you are right now I mean I, I obviously look up to people like Jürgen Klopp and, and others who've managed to whether it's by design or by look, nail a leadership style mm. which suits them and their personality, but yeah. also gets the job done as well. I think it's uh, it's fascinating, and that's different for everybody, isn't it? You know, you know if you think if you look at like uh, you know Rafa Benitez, you know let's talk about the Blues for a second. If you yeah, for balance, <laughs> yeah, a bit of balance. Um, you know he's got a very definite different, uh, different, sorry, uh, leadership style and you know he's uh much more softly spoken if you look at him on the sideline he's he's much calmer you know he's conducts himself in a much different way in press conferences yep. and all that type of thing but you know he's had success as well so it's um yeah there's different ways of doing it
0: absolutely i think it's being true to yourself isn't it as uh, mm-hmm. that not changing your human dna to 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 fit the job but actually kind of the other way around in, Print your DNA onto the job,
1: exactly. exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, we could switch the microphone off and start a new podcast on just talking about Liverpool if you wanted to. I'd, I'd <laughs> happily do that uh, as well. Uh, although I think there's plenty of content out there about that
1: <laughs> at the moment. Yeah,
0: you're you're also involved, if I'm correct, in the uh the Liverpool Chamber of Commerce.
1: Uh, I am. Yeah, i am am a I'm a non-exec director at the Chamber of Commerce which probably started around the same time as I started Foursquare Group, I think, actually. right. And that's great. I, that's that's a brilliant role for me. I would urge anybody who's listening to try and get involved with, um, if you're at that level already, you know, a, a directorship, or even if you're just sort of thinking about stepping into a directorship role, I would urge anybody to, to, to try and get a, a NED role with an organisation that you feel passionate about. Make, you know, choosing the right one is definitely important yeah but it's been great for me because you know I I definitely think I would like to think that I contribute a lot but I I, I learn a lot as well from that role you know I'm when I go to a board meeting you know I'm the youngest person in the room you know I'm I'm sort of the the least experienced person in the room which is absolutely okay so you know somebody's got to be it's not something you should be ashamed about and I learn a lot you know there's a lot of inspirational people and in the room who I, who I take a lot from and I think that is absolutely the right the right thing to do I think you should always try and sort of put yourself in positions where you can learn from people and I think you know I think be honest about it I think is is, is a really important thing you know I, I'm when I, I remember having my my interview actually for the for the position at the chamber and sat down with the the chair of the board at the time and I had a very candid you know discussion and i said this 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 is what i think i've got to offer the chamber this is where, i was quite an active member at the time and i said this is where i think the chamber could do better and this is how i think i could help you to do better mm. i said but i have to be honest with you you know these are also my own personal reasons for why i want to get on board as well and i think if you're doing in a net position like that you know i think it's 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 important to do so um but yeah i think it's a it's a really good Really good, really good way of getting, um, getting, you know, getting some extra skills. Do you do you do anything like
0: that, Phil? Do you know what? I, I, not officially, I'm mm-hmm. not a non-exec director on on any company or or anything like that. But I'm I'm massively active locally in in my local area with Stansted. Uh, mm. I'm part of the business forum. Mm. I'm just a, a regular member. I'm not an advisor or anything like that. And, and the local Bishop Stortford's membership business forum as well. And and I did that purely as a means to learn, really, about what goes on on my you know at my front door. And uh, as a as somebody who gr- granted my main business is focused mainly in kind of London and the south, so I'm not really focused specifically on Bishop Stortford and Stansted from a recruitment perspective. But nevertheless, it's um, it's been hugely important in in terms of me understanding. What the local plan is, how the the airport here integrates with the local community in terms of how you know that adds value to the local community rather than it just being this horrific you know airport that's always looking to expand and you know ruin the environment and all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's always much more under the surface with these things than than the headlines will ever tell you so yeah, I suppose no is the answer, but uh, yeah i i I would also advocate anybody who's got an interest in business to to get involved in some way in their local plan mm. uh, you know however small or big your input may be
1: yeah definitely and it,
0: you are right it doesn't have to be formal it doesn't even have to
1: be paid you know yeah just just get involved with with organizations and roles that you think you know you can have sort of a reciprocal uh benefit from i think it's it's really important um, yeah that sounds really good what you're doing
0: Yeah, and it's well. Critically, it's fun. I take an an interest in it because I, you know, I get it. Also, puts me in front of really interesting people. Yeah, and you can always, as you said, you can always learn from from other people. You know, even if they're not in your core sector, somebody has uh, with the present pandemic issue probably aside, somebody has always come up against a problem that you're facing in your business, yeah. generally speaking. Yeah. But actually, the, the flip side of that, you you mentioned that you're kind of the youngest guy in the room. I'd imagine that that's also useful for them to have were, yeah. a younger voice, if you like, and I say that in inverted commas, because it shouldn't just be all about, you know, 60-year-old men who've made it in business. You know, the the everything evolves as well right it's um it's all about getting that uh sort of freshness into any organization to to keep it evolving
1: yeah no you're you're absolutely spot on yeah you know I, I obviously bring a lot of personal experiences and business experiences to the room which otherwise wouldn't wouldn't be there you know I understand obviously some of the um I don't know just like Things around, I don't know, I guess social media or trends or or these other type of things, which yeah, you know, ne- wouldn't necessarily be in the room otherwise. So you are you are absolutely right, and I think being the youngest person in the room and the most inexperienced person in the room, which as I said, is absolutely okay, kind of gives you license to, to ask the super questions sometimes. But yeah. I think that that is just <laughs> an invaluable thing. You know, when I when I have my board meetings with with Foursquare or team meetings, I always try sometimes i forget but i always try to say within the first 10 minutes there are no stupid questions during this two-hour period if, yeah if if you if something comes into your head you know i'd rather you asked and you know we we can just if there's a simple answer then it, it's still not a stupid question you know because sometimes that's where the gold is that sometimes that's where the magic is and just people don't ask it because they think yeah it's it's stupid so i think you are you are right with that
0: yeah, well, you know the old cliché of you—you you don't know what you don't know, right? That's that's the same for anyone in any environment, where regardless of you know the the power that may feel like it's in the room, if uh, the only stupid question is the one that you didn't ask, mm-hmm. um, uh, in the end, you know, and I think it, that's that's actually going back to leadership. I, I think it's all about the leadership creating an environment where people are comfortable. Yeah, you know making in their view they might feel like they're making themselves look stupid by asking the question but if they're taking that knowledge if they're leaving that knowledge on the table that they could have got just because you know of fear of repercussion or fear of getting shot down for asking in inverted commas again that stupid question then uh, then that's down to leadership to to create that environment where people are comfortable to do that
1: exactly and i mean that's that's the um the the great benefit one of the great benefits of diversity as well you know if you're talking about diversity in in a boardroom or any other room really you know there are are two big benefits there's obviously the the equality side of it which is you know really important you know we want everybody to to have the same crack at everything don't we which is the right the right thing to do but also when you when you have diversity you have that that diversity of of everything you have that diversity of background ideas you know culture and that's again that's kind of where the magic happens really because you totally you not you haven't got tunnel vision have you
0: yeah i couldn't agree more absolutely no that's great well a question i always like to to ask anyone and obviously you're you're not a long time in the industry but have you got any funny stories you could share with us from your time uh in hospitality or anything where You've felt completely out of your depth and terrified of what might happen? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> All this, uh, probably every day with the last eighteen months. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that last bit, yeah. But
1: obviously uh, something we didn't we didn't mention during the conversation, I guess, really, was the was the podcast which we which we started uh, which I started last spring. Of course, yes. Uh, Probably should have brought that up. Yeah, no, it's okay. So, so, so during the uh, lockdown period, we so wanted to kind of do something which kept kept the industry kind of a little bit involved and uh, a bit bit connected. So we we started an, an hour with an indie podcast, yeah, um, which has been great. We we've spoken to, uh, well, I've spoken to, I think it's thirty one independent business leaders, owners, generally, brilliant and it, it's been absolutely fantastic to be honest with you it's given a, a platform to a lot of these leaders who who wouldn't have got a different type of platform and we've had really sort of varied discussions it's always it's always about business but it it focuses a lot on the on the person it's much it's much similar to what what we've been talking about I guess really yeah. here, here today but I'm, I'm the reason I'm bringing this up now is I'm really privileged to be able to hear sort of firsthand all the stories that people people bring to the table and it's it, there's never a dull day in hospitality, is there? I mean, some of the, some of the conversations I have with people, they just just make my jaw drop. It's just yeah. <laughs> absolutely bonkers, isn't it? It's, a, it's such a fun industry to be to be involved in or within or around. It's uh, it's crazy, yeah. No, I'd love you know, I'd love to them. I'd love to write a book of all the stories that people people bring to me on a daily basis yeah the covid story that what's happened during the pandemic or that type of thing it'd be it'd be amazing that
0: yeah I'd, I'd just a a massive advocate for for stories generally because actually they're the thing that give whatever your career avenue is the kind of the human touch yeah you know these are the things that make them real and actually stories for me the all of the stories that i've he- i've listened to and i've i've been lucky enough to have like yourself I've had conversations with people and you know I've been told stories off microphone that you could never repeat uh, and I have them you know I have these stories myself uh, Mm. as well but what you probably don't realize in the moment a lot of these stories are built from you know out of depth moments basically the 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 moments where nobody's given you the training and how to deal with this yeah and you've just got to think on your feet and get on with it I think this industry is amazing for creating problem solvers, mm. people who just get stuff done, and they don't they don't shirk at challenge you know, they, mm. you know they, it's kind of like okay i've done, i've had maybe I've had a thirty year career and I've experienced X, y, Z, but I can guarantee tomorrow i'm going to be going back to dealing with A again mm-hmm. and and then you know all manner of stuff. There's just no two days of the same it, it's It's not something that people should be scared of. I think what it brings to you as a human is just phenomenal mm. and you know then you can't you find yourself in a situation like we've found ourselves in in the last eighteen months and yes there's lots of new challenges to deal with, but you kind of already feel like you're you're in a state of mind that you can deal with challenge mm. and so I, yeah it's just it's one of the golden parts of our our industry I think is just mm. the the stories and therefore kind of the camaraderie that you automatically create when you get through something like that with your kind of band of brothers and sisters that are with you yeah i was just going to say that
1: actually i think that that's a big part of it isn't it i think that that they're creating stories and memories with with their mates a lot of the time aren't they yeah 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 absolutely you're working really long you know hours often unsociable hours often stressful hours with with people you know you become really close to them don't you obviously you know i don't work within within the industry per se but I I see firsthand how how strong relationships are formed with within people who work within the industry, and you know they're going through the good times, the bad times, the funny times, the sad times, all of it together, really. And I can see how lifelong bonds are, are formed there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it, it's 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 very strong bonds. But yeah, I, I suppose as well, your your business is young, but you form these bonds with people over even though you're you know it's effectively I suppose an external consultancy to that business because you're affecting them positively and you're going to face these challenges with them whenever they come uh, along as well is that you're going to form these bonds with with lots of business owners in in the area I would have thought
1: yeah definitely yeah I mean the, the podcast is obviously a fantastic way to do that you know sit sitting down with somebody for you know, an hour and just having a, a one-on-one conversation with them, and you know, delving into their sort of history and what makes them tick, is is it certainly has formed a lot of strong bonds for me and th- yeah. for them as well. I think the benefits of doing something like this is, you know, sitting down having this kind of structured conversation is it often makes you think about things which you may you may not think about often enough. Otherwise, yeah. you know, when you when you ask people probing questions about themselves or their business, and there's a microphone in the face, they <laughs> they feel like they've really got to think about the answer, which is a good thing. I, I I can't, you know, even count the amount of times I've said, right, the podcast is finished now, and the first thing they've said is that was brilliant. That I honestly haven't thought that hard about you know that X topic in, you know, you know years.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is great. They find it really valuable, don't they? Totally. Yeah. I, I. I. Lots of times, you know, people are head down and just full on in their day to day, right? And then you you give them the opportunity to kind of reflect and uh, on who they are and where they've come from, and mm. and it's it has its power. It absolutely does. And mm. um, I, I, a load of people have told me it's quite a cathartic experience.
1: mm mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think. I think we learn, don't we, as hosts as well. Oh, totally. we obviously take things from the, the the advice and the guidance and everything and we learn from other people's mistakes and challenges that we're talking to as well but i think when you when you're hosting a podcast yourself you know it's probably a little bit diluted because generally speaking you're the one who's asking a lot of the questions rather than the answers but it's uh it makes you think doesn't it you know it's yeah you know you've got to keep a conversation going for an hour and you've got to ask you know Smartish questions and you yeah, know, well,
0: you obviously haven't listened to this show then. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, your yeah. your,
1: show, your show is brilliant. Your, it's absolutely fantastic. I've listened to a handful of them. Some of the some of the older ones, some, some lockdowns, I listened to quite probably about five or six of them. Really impressed. I think what what, what you're doing for the industry is absolutely fantastic. Really, oh, bless really, you, really, really good. And obviously, we we spoke
0: on Clubhouse, didn't we? A couple of times, of course, yes. When everyone
1: was using Clubhouse,
0: <laughs> yeah, God, well, that was that felt like it was a bit of a flash in the pan. Yeah, um, I don't know if people are still on Clubhouse. I, I've I'm not on anymore.
1: Yeah, I think it was a it was a lockdown thing, wasn't it? I think
0: that was well, is it a, a time zapper, isn't it? And that's fine when you're in lockdown and you're wondering how to fill your day. But when your day gets back to normality, it's very difficult to find an hour to to go and have a, a an unknown conversation. Very difficult,
1: yeah. I think I obviously see the benefits in it, and I had some great, great conversations on on Clubhouse. Uh, I wouldn't say I was massively involved with it. I probably had about a dozen, dozen conversations, but they were all really good, really high level. You know, really interesting and everything. I think the the problem with with Clubhouse, as you say, is it's very, very time consuming. So you know, if you if you you can't dip in and dip out really because you can't dip in and dip out of any conversation and have a a, a thoughtful you know contribution can you so
0: no you, you walk m- away with more questions than answers probably yeah you
1: have to be you have to be within it don't you and i think the other thing for you know speaking quite quite candidly from our point of view i guess is you know with 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 this type of conversation you know which we're having which is equally good we we can record it and we can we can use it on several different yeah like people can dip people in can, yeah people can dip in they can stop it you know yeah. and they, can, they can come back to it so it's better for, for our audience as well i think
0: yeah absolutely that was the thing for me is is that you know you, you you have something the conversations that i'm having with people around the industry if somebody hasn't heard of hospitality meets after year three of doing it but picks it up then you know that's great you know mm. i don't really mind when people come to to the show and when they, they they pick it up as long as they're they're hopefully taking something away with them yeah around. You know, the industry and, and and the, you know, I think there's been lots and lots of negative headlines, but there always is negative headlines because yeah. that's the very nature of what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. The vast majority of people who work in this industry do things well and they do things honourably and with integrity and, and look after the people that they have under their wings. Um, and that should be the message that gets out to the world. Not the fact that, you know, a high profile chef gets accused of bullying. That's, you know, you could then go, well, a high profile banker gets accused of bullying or a high profile doctor gets accused of bullying. You know, it's it's such a a, a thin wedge and it it frustrates the hell out of me that that's the that's the message that gets out to the world about what hospitality is. And so the show exists to try and demonstrate that that's not what it is. Yeah, absolutely, and and you're doing a fantastic job. So, how, how often do you try and record these? Uh, well, I mean, I have, I have no real agenda with that, really. As 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 uh, an interesting conversation presents itself, mm. then that's I'm, I'm game on. And and yeah. I think one of the objectives as well was to try and demonstrate that it's it's there's such a variety of roles that come in this industry mm. that it's not just the ones that you that you know about. You know, which are chefs and waiters and bartenders. There's a whole swathe of stuff goes on behind the scenes, mm. and um, it's just to try and give a voice to as many people from as many different areas of of the industry as possible. Yeah, absolutely. You're doing a fantastic job. So, you know great. Keep... I, I'm happy to talk like this for another hour if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um just keep the comment the the positive (laughs) comments coming but uh no well look we should probably wrap this up as much as i'd love to to have smoke blown up my backside for the rest of the day um if people want to get a hold of you to learn more about the the company and what you're what you're doing next and or just to chew the fat with you what's the best method for them to do that
1: yeah sure okay so um if they want to find the podcast, they can they can do that by searching for an hour with an indie, uh, indie spelled i n d i e, and we're on all the usual podcast platforms. And if they want to find the business on social media, they can find us with a handle which is f g underscore in your corner. We do, we, we generally uh, I think Instagram is probably the best best Instagram or LinkedIn is probably the best one to uh, to find us on there yeah yeah. just send yeah if they want to get in touch with me then they can they can um send us a send us a message and it always comes through to me it uh, always finds its way through to me at least so yeah happy to happy to speak to anybody who's passionate about hospitality and obviously if anyone thinks that you know they need any help with anything then yeah please reach out obviously always always here to help
0: fantastic good man well look thank you very much for for spending some time and sharing your story with us today it's been uh, it's been good to finally do this we've been threatening to do it for a couple of weeks haven't we yeah but uh, got there in the end but oh, uh yeah, thank you for wish you... me up,
1: Phil. really really enjoyed it mate honestly thank you so much
0: pleasure pleasure and i'd wish you all the best for the next chapter brilliant thanks phil good man take care bye cheers and there we have it what an awesome guest liam was highlighting that it doesn't matter when you find hospitality once you've learned it's your passion we wish liam and his team an exciting chapter too. Don't forget we'll be back at 8pm next Wednesday with more stories from hospitality but until then, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.